愿大家平安。今天下午靠着圣灵的帮助，我们来讲恩典在自私跟恩典上有长进。In the grace of our Lord Jesus, today we are going to discuss uh, grace, uh, grow in grace and knowledge. 我们请看彼得后书。Let's turn to Second Peter. 彼得后书第三章。Second Peter chapter three. 彼得后书的三章的十八节。Second Peter chapter three verse eighteen. Eighteen, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Peter 到最后用一句话来总结他两封书信。And Peter used one sentence to conclude his two letters. 他说我们听了那么多啊，我们要追求一件事。We have listened too much, but there's only one thing that we should pursue. 我们要追求在主耶稣基督的恩典。our pursuit is to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus. To grow means that there is improvement. Spring is approaching. A lot of people are planting vegetables and flowers in their garden. Um, to be able to garden and to plant is a luxury in this time of the epidemic. If you have a backyard, you're able to plant something. Why do people so many why do so many people like to plant? Because when you plant, you can see the growth of life. 生命的一种特征就是它会成长。and one of the special characteristics of life is that it can grow. You plant a seed in the ground, it will germinate. And then it will sprout. And then the leaves grow first. And then it becomes life, and in turn, it can reproduce life. Similarly to give birth to a child. And looking after a baby is very troublesome. But when you see your baby grows every week, and the baby starts to talk and starts to walk, and no matter how tiresome the mother is, there will always be a smile on her face. But when something does not grow, it means that there's something is wrong with its life. And if, if this thing remains as is in the same state, then something is wrong and this thing is sick. Therefore, an individual that is healthy and is living, it will continue to grow. Same with our faith. Whether you have life in you depends on whether you have the, the characteristics of life. We have to be a Christian who is maturing. Because a maturing Christian is a Christian who is saved. And people who do not grow will be discarded by our Lord. In the end, they shall not receive salvation. Therefore, we have to grow. And 
And Peter emphasized that we should grow in the grace and knowledge. In the past, when I read this, I emphasized on grow in the grace. And most people think that by receiving more grace, it means that you are growing in the grace. When you first believe in the Lord, there is not much grace offered to you, but as as time passes, you will receive more and more grace from the Lord. You will have a harmonious family. You have a smooth career. You have a healthy lifestyle. So you have received a lot of grace. And when you listen to the testimonies from brothers and sisters when they talk about the grace from the Lord, most of the time, most of the time, these are the topics that were touched. When I study this uh, verse uh, in depth, I realized that Peter was not referring to this physical grace that we received. Rather, Peter refers to in the salvation of our Lord, we should continue to mature. This grace refers to salvation, nothing else. Of course, there are other graces from the Lord, but those are not of importance. What is the most important grace? Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 4. 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. To an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled, and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Sometimes we have forgotten what is the greatest grace that our Lord has given us. What the Lord Jesus gives give you is something that the world cannot. Uh, things that the world can offer you are not precious. Money? You don't have to believe in God to earn a lot of money. Health? There are people who are not Christians and they're, they're still living a good life and live a long life. They also have a harmonious family. A lot of people who are non-Christians also have a harmonious family. Yet these things one day will pass and they will be corrupted. They will, they will be defiled and fade away. Like unto the cherry blossoms in Vancouver, they were very beautiful. And it rained today. And tomorrow it's going to be windy. And the flowers would then uh, wither away. Perhaps you can take a picture to capture the moment. But that is only a memory. And therefore, what our God has given us is an inheritance that is incorruptible and defiled, and that does not fade away. And that is in verse 9, the salvation of our soul. In this period of pandemic, what is the most important thing to us? It is the salvation of our souls. No one, of, uh, not a single one of us can be certain of how long we can live. 
at the very beginning, the pandemic affected the seniors. Now the pandemic is affecting the younger ones. It affected both the rich and the poor. And some people are afraid and they're looking to get a vaccine. And those who are more unfortunate, they die from the vaccines. But if you don't take the vaccines, it's dangerous for you to go outside. So Either way, things don't work out for you. But we do not have to be afraid. The most important thing for us is to be certain that our soul is saved. Our Lord Jesus has saved our souls, so regardless of how long you live, you must remember that your inheritance is incorruptible and it is reserved in heaven. And therefore, at this point, a lot of people are probably saying that it is fine with me because I now have this inheritance. What Peter is asking is, have you grow in the grace? That is, God has given you has so has given you so much grace. Spiritually speaking, he has given you the truth. He has given you access to the true church. It's like into a plant. You you have the fertilizers. You have water. You have sunshine. All the elements have been given to you. Then the question is, what are you going to grow into? Have you improved in the grace? That is a question for you. So we must ask ourselves this question. What, have you, what do you think is the grace of God to you? Some people see the grace of God as an insurance. We all buy insurance. So we pay the premiums every month, and when something do happen, we get compensated. And if even if we don't use uh, our, the insurance that we purchase, that is fine with us. At least we know that we have purchased the insurance, and we have some kind of assurance. A lot of people choose to buy insurance. However, salvation is not an insurance. And an insurance is that you have signed a contract and you'll be paying the premiums every month. And if you are buying a life insurance, you'll be paying the premiums every month, and by the time when, when you do die, your wife and your children will be receiving. Uh, the payouts. The moment that you that you sign the contract and you pay the premiums, there's nothing else you need to do. Some people are deemed um, believing the Lord as purchasing insurance. Salvation, good. Heaven, good. You want me to believe in you, I will believe in you. They even have this idea that I'd rather believe God exists than God does not. So what happened if God does believe, then I'd better believe in him. And to go to service is only once a week, it's not that difficult. 
and to offer tithes, I offer what I can. So in the end, when I die, I have already paid my premiums, my monthly premiums and my membership fees so I can go to heaven. So people deemed salvation as an insurance. And these sort of people, no matter how long they have believed in the Lord, they have remained the same. The seed had been sown into the ground, but it does not grow. Because the seed does not want to grow. The seed doesn't deem it necessary to grow. This concept is the very reason why our faith has has become stagnant. And there are people who believe in the Lord because they have no money. They believe that God will bless them with money. And if they have no house, that God will bless them with a house. And when you're sick, you come and believe in the Lord because God will uh, uh, cure you. And they deemed this religion as a problem solver. Of course, perhaps this is the way that you came to believe in the Lord Jesus. This grace of material things. But we cannot only focus on the material world. Our faith has to grow spiritually. If you have not think about this question, then you will remain at the very same level. We know that in most vehicles, there's this function called a cruise control. So, for example, if you're driving on the highway, you think that the highway is very straight, there's no curves, then you would set a cruise control. Then you can relax when you drive. So you set the speed at 120, and the car will be traveling at 120. So it's very convenient. However, the faith of a Christian cannot be set at cruise control. Because the moment when you are relaxed in your faith, problems would come out. You either have lost control of the vehicle, or, or, or rather your faith, or you have become stagnant in your faith. And that is why the elder Peter kept uh, advising or encouraging the members. You have to improve, you have to grow. Let's think about it. The pandemic has been going on for over a year. Most people are asking, when will it end? However, very few ask, the pandemic has been over a year. Has my faith improved? Some people say, I can't come to the church, so how would my faith improve? And it is wonderful if you can come to the church for service. And it certainly lightens your mood when you come to the church and be surrounded with friends. But the critical point of your faith is your relationship with God. And where you have placed the word of God in your priority list. If you have a lot of time on your hands and you still have not improved spiritually, then when the pandemic is over, when would you have time for the Lord? 
now that you don't have to do holy work, it is a good time for you to nurture yourself spiritually. If you don't nurture yourself spiritually now, then when the pandemic is over and you're busy with other work, how would you nurture yourself then? So let's take a look at what Elder Peter said. Let's turn to Second Peter chapter one, verse eight to ten. Second Peter chapter one, verse eight to verse ten. Verse eight: For if these things are yours and abound, you are neither barren nor fruit nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Nine: For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Ten. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make a call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Peter, 长老在这第一章的第四到八节里面呢，讲到有关于很多东西要长进、要追求的事项。In First Peter chapter four, Elder Peter mentioned there are a lot of things that we can improve on. 等一下我们会讲，好像一个楼梯这样，有了第一级要加上去，要加上去，要加上去。We will mention that later because these things are likened to a ladder. You have one, you build it. And you build a second thing on top of it. This is our growing direction. This is the direction of our maturity. This is how we pursue in the grace and in the grace. That is how do we pursue for maturity in the faith and in the grace. But here, 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 如果你不讲经，你就是这个闲懒的，就是懒惰人，不结果子。And、um, verse eight tells us that if you do not mature and you do not improve, you become barren and fruitful. 我们知道当一棵树啊，就是你当一棵树啊，也要很努力的结果子，不然被主人砍掉了。We know that even being a tree, you have to bear fruits, otherwise you'll be chopped off by the master. 主耶稣经过无花果树，都不结果。呃、uh, ，Lord Jesus passed by a fig tree and it bears no fruit. 主耶稣就说，咒诅那无花果树。And the Lord Jesus cursed the fig tree. 受阻完之后，这个树真的是死掉了。And after he cursed the tree, the tree died. 所以啊，当树也要结果。So even trees have to bear fruit. 如果你没长进，你就结不了果。If you have not matured, you will not be able to bear fruit. 这是那个懒懒散散的人。And you will become a lazy and and barren person. 我们知道，在公司里面上班啊，很勤劳的那个老板喜欢。We know that if you work in an office, the boss. Usually likes people who are hardworking. Oh, that 懒惰的老板一看不见，马上转过去偷懒的那个，迟早被炒鱿鱼。And the, and the workers who are lazy, that is when the boss is not looking, they will not be working. They will be they will be the ones who will be axed. 懒惰的基督徒，主耶稣也不喜欢。And our Lord Jesus does not like lazy members. 再来第九节，你不长进，你就是等于瞎眼的。And verse nine says that if you do not improve, then you are likened to being blind. And today, if you're walking on the street and someone said that you're blind, you will not be very happy. There are people who are not blind, but they don't see anything. They have not used their heart to see. When you want them to look for something for you, they will say that they can't find it. Why is it that they have eyes and yet they do not see? It's because they have not paid attention. And today, most people would only have their focus on their cell phones, and everything else is blind to them. 
So it says here that they are being short-sighted. So we know that in the past there will be people who are short-sighted. 以前没有发明这种眼镜哦，你近近视就没得救。And before the invention of、uh, spectacles or eyeglasses, if you were short-sighted, there is no cure. 你只看到近的东西，看不到远。You can only see things that are near you. You can't see things that are far away. 只看到今生的，现在的。You can only see what is present of this life. 你跟他讲哦，以后永生啊，盼望啊，遥远的事情，他不，他看不见。If you tell them about the life to come or the future, they cannot see the future. 还有这种人呢，是忘记，容易忘记的。And these people tend to be forgetful as well. 没记性的啊，得到神的恩典那么多，一下就忘记了。They do not remember things. We have received grace from God, but they have forgotten them. 这四个字就是神用来骂那些懒惰的基督徒。These are the words that our Lord Jesus used to describe the lazy Christians. 又懒。They're lazy. 又瞎。They're blind. 又近视。They're short-sighted. 又容易忘记东西。And they're forgetful. 这种人一定被淘汰。These people will be axed. 一定进不了天国。They will not be able to enter into the kingdom. 长进不是一种选择啊。So to improve and to grow is not a choice. You 要生存就是要长进 If you want to survive, you have to mature and grow. 不然的话你会跌倒 Otherwise, you will fall. 但是如果你做到这几点几点一直长进 If you have done this, these, and you have improved, 第十节就说了，你永远不会跌倒 Then verse ten says you will never stumble. 一直长进的人是永不失脚的。第十节 Verse ten says that if you are diligent and you are in you improve all the time, you will never stumble. 如果你信仰停顿了 If your faith has remained stagnant, or has、uh, gone the the opposite direction, then one of these days you will stumble. This is frightening. I find that this is more frightening than the coronavirus. If you contracted the coronavirus, the worst thing that could happen to you is you die. But if you die and you can enter into the heavenly kingdom, that is not too bad. Yet, if you have not improved in your faith, and you stumbled, you may be able to live a long life, but you're still dead. Because you can't enter into the heavenly kingdom. What's the point? That is why we have to pursue for a maturity. So now let's take a look at how do we grow. There has to be a direction. 一步一步来的。It has to be done one step at a time. 我们读第四节到第八节。Let's read verse four to eight. 彼得后书一章四节。Second Peter chapter one verse four to verse eight. For by which has been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world. Through last five, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge. Six. Six to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, to perseverance, godliness. Seven. Seven to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. Five. Eight. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 我们每一个应该拿一张纸啊，把画一画这个长进的楼梯。And each and every one of us should take a piece of paper and try to draw out these、uh, uh, steps to our、uh, maturity. These eight items are the goal of our pursuit. 自己画自己的这个长进的楼梯，我们要爬这个长进的楼梯。
and we have to draw our own uh, uh, ladder of faith or rather ladder of uh, ladder of uh, maturity out and we can measure ourselves against it. We have to go up the When you're climbing a ladder, you have to go step by step. You cannot climb from step one all the way to step number eight. And when I was young, I, uh, I tend like to compete with my friends on how high up we can jump up the ladder or the steps. Uh, um, I have shorter legs, so the, the most I can go is at the third step or the fourth. There are people with longer legs that can go even higher up. If you were to go uh, step by step, you can even go to the 1,000 uh, 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 step. Our faith cannot be done in one step. But if you, as you climb step by step, uh, um, you will get to the final end. So let us pursue for uh, taking this uh, stare of faith one, one step at a time. So the very first step, which is faith. Uh, our, our religion or our faith starts from the very first step, which is our faith in God. Let's turn to Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. 17, for in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. So the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. So it starts from faith, and it ends with faith. God is invisible to our naked eyes. You cannot say that prove to me God exists, then I will believe in God. If you have seen um, and then you believe, then that is not faith. Faith means that your eyes have not seen it, but you already believe it. This event has not happened. But you are very certain. That is faith. If you ask God to prove to you in order for you to believe, then that is not faith. You must first show your faith. You can tell God that you don't have enough faith. You're willing to be humble. Why don't you let me experience you, God? So that I can continue on with my faith. If you are humble, God will let you experience it. So at the very beginning, that faith has to be planted. And God has uh, Jesus has said that the faith may be small, like the size of a master seed. As long as you have a little faith, God is able to work on you. God will allow you to experience it. Even if you can't come to the church right now, you can still pray at home every day. That whatever you do, you pray first. And God will truly allow you to experience it. You can truly feel the abundance of God with you. That is the first step. 
Has have you built up your faith? If you have not even have the first step, you don't have to mention the rest. That is why we pray to God every day to increase our faith. It has been over a year and we haven't seen one another for a long time. In fact, God is testing our faith when He allows this pandemic to go on for so long. Ordinarily, the church has so many people, we serve food, we serve drinks, and you have friends around you. Everyone wants to come to church. So if you miss a day, everyone knows you haven't made it. And that is why you have to come. Now, no one knows. No one can see you. Then do you still observe the Sabbath with fervency? Do you still believe in God? The second step of the staircase is called virtue. That is good behavior. Let's turn to James. James chapter 2, verse 17. James chapter 2, verse 17. 17. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. It says here that faith without works is dead. It does not exist. It's useless. So with faith and your works, it becomes your virtue. And you cannot say that I have faith, but I will not do what God wants me to do. And today, a lot of people are paying lip service in their faith. I believe in the Lord Jesus, but I will never change. I want our Lord Jesus to bless me, but that I have no intention of changing my ways. So you can't even climb up to the next ladder. So you have to ask yourself, since you have believed in the Lord, have you changed your conduct? This is an important question you should ask yourself. Because if you believe, then you will worship God. For example, keeping the Sabbath. We are observing the Sabbath at home. I know some brothers and sisters, they would cook uh, uh, everything on a Friday evening so that on Saturdays they don't have to cook. They would observe the Sabbath with their that is works practice. So the third step, once you have virtue, what should you add on top of it? You need knowledge. That is spiritual knowledge. That your knowledge of God. You can't say that I have faith, I have good works, but I know nothing of God. There are some members that are very fervent ever since they converted to Christianity. They wanted to serve God, but they have no knowledge of God. They have no pursuit for the truth of God. They don't know what is the will of God. 
引出引发出很多的问题。That is why they take part in holy work, but they also brought forth many issues. 我们来看哥罗西书一章的第九节。Let's turn to Colossians chapter one, verse nine. 圣经哥罗西书一章的九跟十节。Colossians chapter one, verse nine and ten. Verse nine. For this reason, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. Ten. That you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing Him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Wow, this this part is very beautiful. These are two very beautiful verses. Paul is always praying for the church in Colossae. And Paul has been fervently praying for the church in Colossia. Not to hope that they would have more money and be healthy. He did not pray that the members would have good health or be making a lot of money. Not to pray that the members would have good health or be making a lot of money. Rather, he's praying that the members there be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. To have spiritual wisdom and spiritual understanding. How do you know if a person has matured? How do you know if a person has matured? How do you know if a person has matured? How do you know if a person has matured? From their understanding of things, you can you can you will be able to perceive whether that person has matured. When a child is young, they do not understand the parents. And they will be complaining, "Why don't you buy this for me? Why don't you do that for me?" No way, because he is a child and he is very smart. Why don't you buy this for me? Why don't you do that for me? No way, because he is a child and he is very smart. And they are children, so they are behaving childishly. Child is grown up, he starts to understand. But as the children grows up, they will understand that their parents have worked very hard for them. You this thing, don't buy it for me. I'll spend it myself. And they will tell the parents, "Don't buy this for me. I can go out and work and 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 buy it myself." I don't need this. Or 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 I don't need this. And mature children, when they see their parents are busy, they will go and help the parents. 父母最开心的就是你还没有开口，孩子就来帮你了，对不对？当父母应该最开心的是这样。As parents, um, the thing that would please them the most is that the children would help them out before they even ask. 或者是父母最开心的就是你都还没有开口叫他做这个事，他告诉你，我已经做好了。Or before you even open your mouth to ask your children to do certain things, they have already done it. This is a sign of maturity. They have this understanding. This is a sign of maturity. They have this understanding. They have this wisdom. Another sign of maturity is they have this understanding. They have this understanding. They have this wisdom. Another sign of maturity is they have this understanding. They have this wisdom. Another sign of maturity is they have this understanding. They have this wisdom. Another sign of maturity is they have this understanding. They have this wisdom. Another sign of maturity is they have this understanding. They have this wisdom. Another sign of maturity is they have this understanding. They have this wisdom. Another sign of maturity is they have this understanding. They have this wisdom. Another sign of maturity is they have this understanding. They have not asked for the understanding of the God of will, of the will of God. They are asking God to understand their will. And God, this is my will. This is what I want. Give me what I want. So, the new church is still very young. And that is why a lot of people still remain very childish when they have believed in the Lord for a long time. So, one person matured is to understand God's will. So, the maturity can be shown through their understanding. But you need to have wisdom. However, you need to have knowledge. That how do you improve in wisdom? So how do you improve in knowledge? We look at Proverbs chapter two, verse three to three. First Peter, let's turn to First Peter chapter two, verse three to three. 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 First Peter chap
Two, as yeah, newborn yeah. babes desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. Three, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is gracious. It tells us here how do we pursue for knowledge and faith. And that is to desire the pure milk of the word. We know that when children are born, they have to take milk. They can only take milk. If they don't take milk, they will not be able to grow up. And if a child is born and and it does not cry when it does not feel hunger, and if you offer the milk that the head turns away, then there's something wrong with this child. When you see a normal baby, even if their eyes are closed, their mouth is still uh, trying to uh, suck milk. As the baby grows up, they will take in more and more milk. And I remember when my three children were born, I have the honor of feeding them. At first, they were very slow in taking up the milk. And they only take a little bit. And I thank God they grow up very fast. And as they grow, they take more food. And when I think about them when they were still babies, that they were adorable. When the baby is taking milk, the baby is very adorable. Let us ask ourselves, have we desired the pure milk of the word likened to newborn babies? Members who have just converted to Christianity, they tend to thirst for the truth. They like to attend Bible study classes. And they will be taking notes during services. And when I visit uh, newly baptized members, they will be reading the Bible and they will be taking notes. And when they first baptized in the Lord, within the first two years, they would have read the Bible once or twice already. They thirst for the Word of God. Like unto newborn babies. But for long time members, they don't tend to thirst for the word of the Lord. Ask yourself, have you been reading uh, the Bible every day for the past week? And attending services do not count. Uh, listening to the sermon during services is very different from reading the Bible by yourself. There was a sister who has believed in the Lord for over 40 years. For the first 40 years, she has never read the Bible. Even though she comes to the church every Sabbath day, but she said that she has never been moved by listening to the sermon. And sometimes she said she couldn't even understand the sermon because she couldn't connect them. And she didn't read the Bible, so she doesn't know the biblical stories. But 40 years later, something happened to her family. 
And the preacher went to visit her and encourage her to read the Bible herself. And the preacher encouraged her to read the Bible as a way to overcome the problems in her life. So she took out her Bible. And her life was hard. But she read the Bible every day. And the more she read, the more experience she had. And she seemed to have received the grace of God like a baby receiving milk. And her faith began to improve and to take root. And she knew how to pray to God. And she prayed for God's will. And she is desire for the pure milk of the word. Have you desire for the pure milk of the word? If you have not take the Bible out and read by yourself, then you have not desire for the pure milk of the word. There are some people who desire for milk, but they have been asking milk from everywhere. There are people who are hungry and they will take any milk that comes their way. And they would be searching through the internet looking for things to uh, to read. Be careful because you may be taking in poisonous milk. You're listening to the sermon of the other denominations. You're also uh, listening to the other to the teachings of other religions. Just be careful because you will be injecting yourself with poisonous poisonous milk and you may die from the poison. So why not you spend that time to read the Bible? You don't have to use a lot of reference books. Just follow uh, uh, the 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 uh, the the schedule of the church Bible reading and even to the point of copying a chapter a day. If you want to listen to sermons, then you can scan the internet for true Jesus Church sermons. Only when your faith has taken root, you're able to discern. And to mature in knowledge, it means that you're able to discern the truth from the false. Let's turn to Second Peter, chapter two, verse one and two. Second Peter, chapter two, verse one and two. Verse one. But there were also false prophets among the people, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who brought them, who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. Uh, Peter warned the members. He used history to warn the members in those days. And there were false prophets among the people in the olden days. In the future, there will be false teachers among you. And where did these false teachers come from? They came from you. And the you refers to the apostolic churches. And they were not brought into the church, rather, they were members who had become 
are corrupted. So if you have not pursued for growth and knowledge, you will believe in the in the heresies and the false teachings, and you will believe. And these false teachers would even be denying the Lord Jesus who bought them. And they bring on themselves swift destruction. This is actually a warning to the true church in the end times. That in the end times and in the true church, there will be false teachers. These false teachers may be preachers that you admire or that you like, or deacons, elders. And they could be wonderful in the past. And they could have been preaching pure teachings in the past. And later they have been uh, uh, they have been tempted. If you have not been maturing in the knowledge, and someone tells you, I have a new understanding of this. In the past, everything that we have interpreted are wrong. So it should be this and that. And you will be following blindly. And bring on swift destruction on yourself. You can't say that I have followed the wrong teacher. If you have followed the wrong teacher, your ending is still destruction. So don't you think it is important that we are that we mature in the knowledge of God? Do not just remain at the level where where you are listening to testimonies. Have you taken root in the teachings of the Lord? This is more important than now that you have the knowledge, you're going one step up. Self-control. What is self-control? Self-control means you're able to control yourself. And one of the teachings is self-control. Let's turn to Acts. Acts chapter 24, verse 25. 25. Now, as he reasoned about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come, Felix was afraid and answered, Go away for now. When I have a convenient time, I will call for you. In those days, Paul was being imprisoned. There was a judge by the name of Felix. Felix has the authority to release Paul, but he refused. And from time to time, he would summon Paul and ask him to give him some teachings. And Paul had been moved by the Holy Spirit um, on dealing with this kind of politicians. And first, he has to talk about righteousness. That as a politician, as a judge, have you been fair? Second is self-control. You have such... Uh, authority in your hands. Have you made good use of your authority? Have you controlled yourself? You're able to enjoy all sorts of luxury. Have you controlled your desires? 
If you have no self-control, then you will have to face the judgment to come. Felix 听了很害怕。Felix was afraid when he heard these. 他说：“你赶快走，他叫他来听一听，要叫他走。” And so he told Paul to go away. 因为他害怕。Because he was afraid. 公义节制，审判。Righteousness, self-control, judgment to come. So this self-control is connecting the first and the last. So self-control is connecting the first and the last. You today believe in the Lord, but if you do not exercise self-control, you will not be able to do it. And today you believe in the Lord, but if you do not exercise self-control, then you will not be able to go up to heaven. We mentioned morning we mentioned that our biggest enemy is ourselves. Satan is using ourselves to defeat ourselves. If you are able to control yourself, then there's nothing to be afraid of. The problem is that it's very hard for us to control ourselves. That is why we have to rely on the power of the Holy Spirit. And of course, if we are faced with temptation. Then we have to learn how to control ourselves. First is to stop. Do not make a decision hastily. People who have no self-control tend to do things hastily. To buy immediately. To yell at people immediately. These are people who have no self-control. Stop. Do not continue with what you were doing. Think, Next, think. Other than your, your first reaction, what other choices do you have? That person yelled at me, I can yell back, but is that a good thing to do? So what other choices you have? Perhaps you can walk away and everything will be at peace. Oh, I want this very much. But do you really? Do I really need it? Let me think about it for another day. So think about your choices. And finally, do what will be pleasing to God. Therefore, we have to rely on God to practice self-control. And it is also the most difficult. Let's turn to Galatians chapter 5, verse 23. Galatians chapter 5, verse 23. Chapter 5, verse 23. Gentleness, self-control, against such there is no law. So Paul was mentioning the fruits of the Holy Spirit, and the final one is the is self-control. Because it is very difficult to do. And assess yourself to see if you have self-control. Do you exercise self-control when you buy things? And there are some people during the pandemic, they have nothing to do, so they will go shopping online. So every day they will press buttons, and the next day there will be boxes showing at their doorsteps. And there are people who have no self-control, be staring at their cell phones from morning till night. And there are people who can't exercise self-control, and they'll be eating from morning till night. And 
they have gained weight. And on the other hand, there are people who exercise without self-control. Exercise is good, but you exercise too much such that you are sore all over. So that is why we have to exercise self-control. So after self-control, what's next? Let's turn back to First Peter. Sorry, Second Peter. Let's turn back to Second Peter. Chapter one. Verse six. Six. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. So after self-control comes perseverance. So when we are put in a difficult situation or circumstances, we have to persevere. Because if you don't persevere, you will give up. Then all the efforts that you have put in previously will have gone to waste. So look at people who exercise. How do they do it? They first get a trainer, personal trainer. Uh, it is different when you have a trainer when you exercise by yourself. Because the trainer will give you homework. And will force you uh, to your uh, ultimate uh, 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 level and then a little bit more. For example, you can only do 10 sit-ups. And the trainer tells you you have to do 20. And perhaps you can only lift 10 kilograms, but the trainer wants you to lift 20. And when you're able to do 20, they will, they will add on the weight to 25. And you will complain that, no, you don't have the, the strength. And the trainer will tell you that you can do it. So after the training session is over, you'll be sore all over. If you don't persevere, you will not be able to improve. And however, if you persevere and you're able to pass that level, then you have increased your body strength. And this is the same with your faith. Your faith will not improve when sitting in an air-conditioned church listening to the sermon. Your faith improves when you are under trials. Your faith improves when you are sick. Your faith improves when you are disappointed, when you are being persecuted. Because of your perseverance. And the person treats me this way, I will endure it for now. I will not uh, fight back. I, would, I choose to forgive. And you find that you improve. And after perseverance, after perseverance comes godliness. That is your attitude towards God. And you will have a different attitude towards God. You'll be more and more likened to God. Godliness means to be like God. 好, 那再加上有什么? Next comes 哦, 再来加上爱弟兄的心。Brotherly kindness 啊, 这种爱弟兄的, 就是, 
Brotherly kindness means to love one another. We have listened to so many sermons, but have we practiced love? And take a look at how you treat your other people around you, and that will reflect your faith. If you treat the people around you terribly, then you can't say that you have genuine faith. So you must have brotherly kindness. And this kindness is very universal. It's very general. Uh, you're nice to me, I'll, nice, I'll be nice to you. And this is how we tend to behave. So the final thing that to add on top, to brotherly kindness, love, and um, it says the brotherly kindness, and then to add on to it love of everyone. And some people ask, what's the difference between brotherly kindness and love? If you read the Chinese Bible version, it's difficult to tell But if you were to read the original text, the love is different. Verse 7, this brotherly love is love among friends. How do you love your brothers and how do you love your friends? You will share any good things that you have with your friends. If you're nice to them, they'll be nice to you. And there is no talk of sacrifice. And the love in verse 7, last love in verse 7, in the original text, it's agape. Or uh, translated as sacred love. That is the kind of love that our Lord Jesus sacrificed himself for. No condition, nothing attached. If you treat me badly, I'm still good to you. If you hurt me, I'm still going to save you. I'm willing to lay down my life. This is the ultimate display of love. If you can do this kind of love, then you are one step closer to And today we are we're still further away from achieving this So your homework for this week is to draw this staircase and to see which step you're at. To see whether you have improved and go and go one step up. The best thing is to have this picture on your door so that you can take a look at it every day for the past for next year. And to remember to memorize this. Have I worked hard to faith to work on my faith? May God help us. Let us sing him. 327. Number 327. 